welcome to the Crib Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Wall. Crib Notes are a concise set of notes used for quick reference, usually during a speech or a test. In the next 10 minutes, we're going to give you the Crib Notes version of the major headlines from the past week. In each episode, we cover the White House, Congress, national headlines, international headlines, climate change, and some side story that doesn't quite fit into any of those categories. As always, a link to all my sources can be found in the description of the episode. Okay, here we go. The White House. One of the top lawyers at the White House, Ty Cobb, who has been primarily dealing with the Russia investigation, just announced his retirement. He's the latest in a line of lawyers working for either Trump or the White House to leave their job in the past several months. Reportedly, Cobb has advised Trump to strike a cooperative tone with the various investigations. Rumor has it that the White House is looking to hire a man named Emmett T. Flood to replace Cobb. Flood, who worked on the Clinton impeachment team in the 90s and later worked for the George W. Bush administration, is not officially listed as a confirmed hire, but if he is brought on, he's expected to push for a more adversarial approach to the case. Earlier this month, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani joined the White House legal team and has promised to negotiate the terms of an interview between Trump and Mueller. Congress. Last week, Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee released a 250-page report essentially concluding that their findings after a year of investigation was that there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. Democrats on the committee simultaneously released a 100-page rebuttal, accusing the Republican investigators of failing to investigate obvious leads and interview key persons of interest. Having read excerpts of both reports, I'll just say that neither is likely to change anyone's mind. The only real conclusion to draw from this congressional investigation is that it is unlikely that this highly partisan Congress is going to shed any kind of satisfying light on the situation. Frankly, we may run into that with Mueller's nonpartisan investigation as well. This is the age of both calling fake news real and real news fake, despite the fact that an objective truth ostensibly exists. What does truth really amount to in an era where rhetoric and story hold so much sway? National Headlines Last Thursday, Bill Cosby was found guilty on three counts of sexual assault and faces up to 10 years in prison for each charge. In 2017, this case ended in a mistrial when the 12 members of the jury could not reach a unanimous verdict on any of the three charges after 52 hours of deliberation. This time around, the jury needed only 14 hours of deliberation to find him guilty on all three counts. Many of the articles about the ruling refer to this as the first high-profile trial of the Me Too era, and Cosby becomes the first of a string of accused celebrities to face concrete legal consequences for sexual abuse. Also, a brief follow-up on a previous story, the two black men who were arrested at a Philadelphia Starbucks last month have settled with both the company and the city to the tune of $1 each, which is sort of just a symbolic gesture, as well as a promise to set up a $200,000 fund for youth entrepreneurship. International Headlines North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and South Korean President Moon Jae-in met last week for peace talks in the first summit of its kind in over a decade. They agreed to some really cool stuff, including organizing reunions for families separated by the war, an ostensible end to hostilities between the two countries, and ceasing propaganda campaigns, 
But the pieces of the puzzle that everyone most wanted to see fall into place were left somewhat ambiguous. For example, they talked about working towards denuclearization, but from what I've read, didn't attach any procedures or timetables to that concept. They talked about an arms reduction, but the language of the agreement indicates that such a reduction is pending the easing of military tension. From my perspective, I can't help but assume that an arms reduction would be the impetus for easing tensions, rather than the other way around. Analysts remain skeptical of the tentative progress, as similar progress has been made in the past, only to fizzle out as North Korea continues its nuclear tests and development in secret. A second summit, as yet unscheduled, is expected to take place between both Koreas, the US, and China sometime in the near future. Climate Watch Climate change is often difficult to discuss because its evidence feels so abstract. The catastrophe of a 2 degrees Celsius increase planet-wide is hard to wrap one's head around since you might experience that temperature shift by sitting in your own backyard for an hour. Despite knowing that such correlatives are logical fallacies, it seems only natural that our brains instinctively search for things like that to draw on as we try to grasp the numbers we're reading about. For instance, remember a few years ago when a Republican senator held up a snowball on the Senate floor and indicated it as evidence that climate change doesn't exist? Or when Trump tweeted last December that New Year's Eve was going to be the coldest on record in New England and mockingly welcomed climate change if it would mean warmer weather? Well, this week, an environmental group in Finland announced a plan to sort of flip those oversimplified concepts on their heads. They are trying to raise money to carve a 115-foot ice sculpture of Trump's face into the side of an Arctic iceberg so that the world can watch it melt. Their goal, beyond admittedly hilarious symbolism, is to provide a concrete and easy-to-grasp counterpoint to the senator's snowball it wouldn't be a bad symbolic representation of the effects of climate change taking hold, and the urgency with which it should be addressed. Try as I might, I couldn't find anyone willing to take a stab at how long it would take the sculpture to melt, but I did find several studies claiming that glaciers are melting 60 times faster than they were a century ago, and a face is likely to become unrecognizable far faster than the typical contours of a glacier, so I suspect it wouldn't take too long for the point to get made. Side story. Fossilized footprints were discovered last week, dating back 10 to 15,000 years, that show a large creature walking a somewhat erratic path. Inside those footprints, archaeologists discovered human footprints, apparently made almost immediately after the creatures. Given that humans tracking at the same stride length of the large creature would make for a rather uncomfortably long stride, and the fact that around the spot the large creature's tracks stopped, there is evidence that it reared back on its hind legs as though to defend itself, the archaeologists have concluded that humans were probably hunting the creature. As I'm sure you've guessed by now, the creature was an eight-foot-tall giant sloth. Yeah. Several instances of this footprint pattern were discovered in the region, leading archaeologists to believe this probably wasn't an uncommon scenario. Though the giant sloths, like their smaller descendants, were herbivores, their enormous size and large claws probably made them dangerous targets for a hunt. As one researcher hilariously put it, quote, going head-to-head -head with a sloth, the chances are that you might come off badly. Good advice for everyone. 
That's it for this week, friends. If you like the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. You can also go to patreon.com slash dylanwall to become a sustaining subscriber. You get fun rewards for signing up as a monthly donor, uh, starting at just $1 a month and ranging from a personal thank you card and a shout out on the air, all the way up to a guaranteed Crib Notes in Focus episode on the topic of your choice. So if you've got even just 12 extra dollars this year, that's a dollar per month, about 25 cents per episode, consider using it to help make this show happen by going to Patreon patreon.com slash Dylan Wall. You can find that link in the show notes. And an extra big thanks this week to Miguel Rodriguez, who became a donor a couple of weeks ago, and somehow I totally missed it. So sorry for the delay, Miguel, and thank you so much for supporting the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at CribNotesCast. Throughout the week, I post breaking news and interesting articles so you can stay informed between episodes. If you have questions, concerns, corrections, suggestions, or want to start a betting pool for how long it will take Trump's ice face to become unrecognizable, feel free to email me at thecribnotespodcast at gmail.com. You can find that email address as well as a link to all my sources in the description of this episode. Friends, you're great. And if there's any news next week, I'll talk to you then.